It's time for the Fun Size Show! Hello. Hello, Eric. Ken Mills, what's up, sir? I'm doing okay. I think we're recording already. Let me double check. Yes, we are! (laughs) Right here on WKIP, the home of the biggest tits, right here you'll ever see. You got like a pretty good DJ voice going there. I've got, got a lot of them. We got traffic and weather on the nines yep. coming up. With a live traffic report right here, it's our own Les Nessman, right? <laughs> I like the helicopter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's awesome. Uh, I forgot about that. It hurts after a while, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to our fun size podcast, where it's just a bite size away from a smile. I'm your host, Ken Mills, and I'm joined today by Eric Miller. Hello, hello, Ken. So this is our what I'm calling the fun size podcast. And you know those candy bars that you'd get around Halloween and you like go, oh, candy bars. And you think, oh boy, this is going to be one of those big Snickers. Nope, it's one of those fun size things <laughs> i call them i call them frustration size really but uh yeah yeah because really if if you're a fat man and and i happen to identify with that those things are just like a tease right they're just horrible it, it's 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 not what you want you want the the real thing it's anything but fun it's just you know you know you you lose your friends because you're grabbing theirs and uh-huh. stealing them and you know yeah but I got you. And when you have to open up 20 candy bars to get one, that's that's not fun at all, right? Right. We've all they been there. They should call them 120th size. Yeah, like scale. Like this is a scale <laughs> candy bar. It's <laughs> true. Cool. So we really don't know what we're doing, but we've got a song. You've picked the song out, right? I did. And I'm going to try to guess that song. What we're going to do is I'm going to ask a series of, of five questions. For mm. every question I get right, it leads to another question. If I get three questions wrong, you just have to tell me what the song is, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Do you want any uh, introductory, like, um, you know, I can tell you, it's not it's not a giveaway, but I can tell you this song has uh, has played a has been a topic of conversation betwixt us previously. Mm. Okay. So, so Eric Miller, log in your song and artist. Boop, boop, beep. Lock and load. Here we go. Okay. Is it a rock and roll song? Uh, yeah. That's a pretty general term, but yeah. Yeah, I would say yes. Ding. Got some leaning. Yeah. Got some things, but... Uh, Got some rock, rock leanings. Okay. Does the musician still have their hair? Uh, hmm. Two of the five. Two of the five still have their hair. So we've now learned it's a five-man band. What? I did. I did that backwards. Three of the five still have their hair. Three of the five still have their hair. So we know that it's a five-man band. Aerosmith has wig extensions, so it's not them. <laughs> they have someone else's hair. Yeah. 
It's not the Rolling Stones. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw them out. Okay, another question. Uh, are drums extremely prominent in this one? Uh, yes. Yeah, full kit. Yep. Uh-huh. Got a distinct beat of a style. Yep. Is this song from the '80s? No. Okay, so we know it's not from the 80s. It's a five-piece band. Three of the guys have hair. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it's not Aerosmith, because they all have <laughs> plugs, extensions, and fake hair. Right. So, gosh. Oh, I'd be remiss if Aerosmith came up and I didn't, in honor of my co-host Craig, if I didn't make fun of Steven Tyler's toes. That's uh, Craig's go-to. Whenever Aerosmith comes up, he, he goes to Steven Tyler's jacked-up toes for some reason. So, in honor of Craig, fuck Steven Tyler's toes. Hot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Was there a video made for this song? There is a video, yes. Mm. And I have... You have shared it right after I shared it. Oh. um, This is that really cool band that you like. It is. <laughs> oh crap! This is the one that has the really good lyrics. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. You know the one. Oh. Oh. I, I I can see it in my head. I can I can like see the video. Mm-hmm. He's rocking out with a microphone. The lead singer's uh, purposely bald, I'd say. Yep. Absolutely. Shaves his head. I know this song. I know this artist. Is his name Eric? No. No, I, I see. I can see it in my head, but I can't. Uh, I'll give you the initials. Well, you want the initials? Yeah, yeah. They kind of go by their initials sometimes. It's DRN. DRN. The Dan Reed Network. That's right. Aha! Now let's <laughs> let's find out. So so I fl- so I figured out the artist. So that's half the battle, right? Yep. With yep, yep, incredible yep. prompting and help from you. <laughs> We're just going to flip our cards over. I'm going to say that I lost this one, even though I semi-guessed it. We're, we're going to, you know, and we're going we're gonna to flip, flip over the cards. What's the name of the song? The song is called Save the World. And that's something I'm into big time. You, you are absolutely right. I remember this song. This is one I like. I just could not, you know, this is, a, this is as embarrassing as when we were doing the rock and roll Jeopardy thing, and I was a contestant and could not come up with Anton Figg's name. Oh, all right, that's right. I could say it was a fruit, <laughs> and I, the words date came out of my mouth, but I couldn't say fig. <laughs> so I'm I'm personally deeply embarrassed. So nah, we're all friends here. Let's let's find out a little bit about. The Dan Reed Network, and to be honest with you, you could be lying to us, okay? I'm going to assume you're going to be honest and truthful with the facts you're going to impart, but I'm not an expert on Dan Reed. Yep. I'm also going to probably venture guess that a lot of the people that are listening may not have ever heard this song before and may not know who Dan Reed is. That's true. So why don't you fill our listeners in? Sure. Uh, well, Dan Reed Network started off in Portland in like 85-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, they pretty quickly released an EP. Um, 
And then their first album was released on Mercury in like 88, I believe it was. Um, and they were signed by Bill Graham, legendary promoter Bill Graham. He used to do the Stones and Grateful Dead and Prince and all those folks, right? He was sort of notorious for putting, you know, Miles Davis with the Monkees or whatever, right? He was that guy, somewhere east and west and stuff. Um, so he was their manager early on. Um, they were signed by Derek Shulman of Gentle Giant, was their A&R guy who also signed uh, Tears for Fears, Bon Jovi, Pantera. Um, That's know, quite a stable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, think think about what you just said. Those those acts. Yeah. Just imagine yeah. you show up at a concert and Pantera and who else was who who else did you mention? Tears for Fears, Bon Jovi, and Pantera. Cinderella. Just imagine, just just imagine <laughs> that those three acts right there, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> live at RFK, Pantera, right? Tears for Fears, and Bon Jovi. Well, Bill Graham did have that. There was that uh, show, sort of a notorious show, that Prince opened for the Rolling Stones, and I guess mm -hmm. the first album. Oh, no, it was maybe the third, second, maybe. Um, and he, he opened for the Stones at the Forum in L.A. or some big outdoor venue, right? And, you know, he got booed off the stage, and the band got pelted with, you know, everything that the crowd could get their hands on. Of course, he was out there wearing a thong and high heels and an overcoat, so he didn't really do himself many favors. But um, yeah, well, the overcoat, the, the overcoat could help. Right. True. He could do like a Batman thing. <laughs> right. You know, hold <clears throat> it up, <throat> stop yeah. a stop a tomato. By the way, who the hell brings fruit to I know, a rock right? concert? It's always a tomato. I don't know why that is. I have never said to anybody when we were packing, you know, sneaking stuff into a movie. <laughs> Or a concert, and we're like, but we've got to have tomatoes, watermelons. <laughs> Just never done that. <laughs> right. Honey, we're late. You got your tomatoes? Let's go. <laughs> I, I'm all set. Let's go. Hey, I, I, I brought a V8. Dude, you can't be lobbing cans at people. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they that first album they had um, – kind of a mild hit in the States, a top 40 hit called uh, Ritual. Uh -huh. um, they had some MTV rotation, a couple of late night TV appearances and stuff. And then the second album was produced by Nile Rodgers. It's called Slam. And um, hot. Yeah, they had, and, and the, the label was sort of putting a lot behind them. You know, they did a fair amount of videos. Um, the thing with, with them was, you know, they, they kind of faced the challenge of, <coughs> excuse me, they faced the challenge of their multi-ethnic band, right? So um, a lot of radio programmers had a hard time, like, figuring out if they could play them, right? So, for instance. Yeah, because, like, where do they fit, right? Right, yeah. Like, Which is weird because we're talking about people's ears, right? Like, Sly and the Family Stone, you know, they're, boom. There's so many people that, you know, Three Dog Night that have bridged that gap a long time ago. It's weird yep. to think that in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s that people are still hung up on that. Well, this would have been around 80, yeah, late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I have talked to, I talked to people that worked at the label with Dan. I've, I'm lucky to call him a friend, right? So I've met people around him and I've asked them, like, why the hell didn't they break, right? And they all... They all kind of scratch their heads and, and point to the same things. And, and unfortunately, the interracial makeup of the band was one of their strengths, of course, 
because it brought in a lot of styles, but it also like they were too rock for what was called black radio at the time, right? And they were too black for rock radio. Like, uh-huh. you know, for instance, and Living Color had a similar issue. You know, it was like cult of personality just became undeniable that rock stations eventually picked it up. Yeah. But at first they were not picking it up, right? So Dan Reed kind of suffered a bit as a result of that, which which sucks, right? Right. Um, there's King's X. It's another yeah, exactly. band, you know. And then there's me. I'm I'm too... I'm too black for white radio and too white for black radio all the way. You know, I, I, I feel it. I feel you, brother. So, um, yeah, so that was, that was kind of their deal. And then there was, there was a moment that, that people point to, which is in hindsight, it's kind of silly, but, um, you know, he was, Dan Reed was the front man, Dan Reed network. He wrote, you know, the lion chair, the material, and he was the front man singer, all that stuff. Right. And he was he was a very pretty man, right? He you know he had the the God. luxurious luxurious hair, and you know he was sexy, no shirt, the whole you know what you needed to be in 1988 to be a front man, right? Mm-hmm. The torn jeans and all that stuff. And on the second album, they were about to release uh, a single that was probably it, it was their best shot to get a huge hit, right? It's called Rainbow Child. And the night before the video, uh, Dan shaved his head. Right. So imagine Bon Jovi shaving his head in 1988. Right. It was the equivalent. <gasps> right. Mm-hmm. Which which sounds silly. Right. But it, it it was a thing. And the the label was none too happy. And they you know, they filmed the video. They made him wear a scarf. Right. <laughs> and Rainbow Child was a was a, a moderate hit in Europe. And they toured with the Rolling Stones at that time on that album opening. Um, I guess it's the Steel Wheels tour. I think they did like 30-some dates with them in Europe at that time. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it wasn't the same as Prince opening for the Stones, but, you know, uh, when Dan Reed would open for the Rolling Stones, the first song he would do, he would come out, and he, you know, he had his head shaved, and he would come out solo acoustic in front of, you know, whatever, 70,000 people and just do a song with an acoustic guitar, which is fucking ballsy. Mm-hmm. Um and then the band would come out, and they were they were kind of like a funk rock band, right? And I I personally think they're a bit undeniable. I think they're incredible. Um, and then eventually they put out a third album called The Heat, and you know it, it didn't you know it didn't really go any further. And and Dan um, kind of left the business. He did an interview with uh, the Dalai Lama for Spin Magazine, and he. I guess he sort of decided that uh, the rock and roll, the heights of rock and roll that he was witnessing on tour with the Stones versus the, you know, uh, spiritual pursuits that he was inspired by in talking with the Dalai Lama. You know, he chose the latter and he kind of left the business right. for, for 20 plus years. Um, they've since reunited. They, they do festivals and things over in Europe. They tour quite successfully over there in the States. They do well, like in Portland, Oregon, which is their hometown. And then New York, right, East Coast, um, and the song "Save Save the World" is actually one that that Brian James, a guitar player who lives in Honduras, it's one that he wrote and one that he sings. But the message is, you know, who's going to save the world? And he kind of goes, you know, well, will it be the Christians? Will it be the Jews? Will it be the Muslims or the Hindus? Right? He kind of goes through, you know, who of us is going to speak up? Right? Who of us is going to, you know, fix all this shit that's going wrong? And it's uh, it's a great message and a great song. And I'm I'm glad that when I shared it, you loved it. I was like, you know, I was uh, 
it warmed my uh, spirit that you did. Well, here's a song that I really enjoy, and it's got a great message. And, you know, maybe you're in your car, maybe you've had a rough day, maybe you need to hear something that's going to put a little smile on your face. To me, this song makes me smile because it's calling out to you, it's calling out to me, it's calling out to everybody to do what we can in this world, whether big or small. Every little bit of change is still change. So make your world a better place. You want to play? You want to introduce the track again, brother? No, it's a Dan Reed Network from their latest album, Fight Another Day. It's called Save the World. All right. From our record player to your ears, here we go.
we hope you enjoyed that, and it was fun playing today with you, Eric. It was enjoyable, and thank, thank you, you for turning someone on to this song, possibly. Hopefully. And the message, more importantly. Oh, absolutely. And remember, kiddos, if uh, somebody says that it's fun size, it just means that they're being polite. <laughs> Stupid idea for a show, isn't it? No, no, no. It's awesome. I love it. All right. Okay. Hopefully I didn't go on too much. Yeah, you did, but it's okay. Uh <laughs> and that's our show. The Fun Size Show is part of the Pop, a pop culture podcast network, a concept from the dumbass mind of the podfather, Ken Mills. Any samples of music or TV heard here remain the property of their owners. Opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of our staff. If you like something you heard, buy it today. And if you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook or Twitter and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf, saying, remember to make every day fun-sized. There, that was romantic, right? Passionate, yeah. No, Brony, that was too little too late. Too little? You said it was a good size. When a girl says it's a good size, it's a nice way of saying that it's small. Hey!